Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 52. Anton Rogan. Anton, mate, so much for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you, Dan. Nice to have a little chat with you, son. Yeah, I've, had, I've had a couple of chats with you. I luckily managed to make contact with your wife originally and she must have thought I was an absolute charlatan because she was calling me on a withheld number and a withheld numbers come through a silent on my phone and she must have thought, who is this absolute idiot? But hopefully, I'll change your mind in the next hour, maybe not. <laughs> I, I just seen earlier on, Dan, I'm not very technical when it comes to phones and stuff like this, so I just have to get it all sorted out for me. So yeah. I'm quite happy like that. Brilliant, mate. You're two years a Millwall player. And I said, I put something out on social media earlier. Two years at a club, 95 to 97, you saw three managers, administration, relegation, and in the season 96, 97, you scored eight goals from left back in 30 yeah. games. Actually, you cut the games as well, scored, scored two goals in each game. But I did indeed. That's a lot to cover. But before we delve into Mill, um, I'm, I'm very interested in the Selwick Rangers rivalry. I know you scored in, in an old firm game. So let's, let's wind it right back, 1966, Belfast. How does a boy from Belfast manage to reach the bright lights of Glasgow and, and Selwick? It was so peculiar, Dan. It just really happened by sort of like more like a freak, you know, because I, mm. when I was younger, I played a lot of football or soccer. We, well, believe it or not, in West Belfast, sometimes you call it soccer because they liked it in my school to play the Gaelic games. You which know, you like played as well, didn't you? You played Gaelic football. I played Gaelic football, yeah. which I loved, you know, I loved it. But I played, I was stuck in between the two of them and I loved both of them. They're both fantastic games. But the how I got into football, how I got into professional football was so strange, Dad. You know, I uh, one of my friends when we were 16, his dad organised a little team, just me and all my friends from where we lived in Belfast. They enter this little football tournament at a little team called Distillery. Don't mm. you've ever heard of them, but they were in the Irish League. They played the likes of Glen Torren and Linfield and teams like that, you know. We we're probably one of the lesser teams in the Irish League, but anyway, it was a it was a, a nice little club, a good setup and all that. So we went up to play in the tournament, Dan, and we got to the final. We got beat on penalties in the final. And I remember walking out after the final, and so this bloke came up to me and says, oh, can I have a word with you? And I'm playing. What, what, what do you want to speak to me for? <laughs> and I was actually, believe it or not, the manager of Distillery, Roy Welch. And he says, uh, can I have a word? Where's your manager? I want to speak to your manager. So eventually he spoke to, to Dominic and, and said, look, I'd like this lad to come up here and sign him, do you know, because he's 16, he looks... As if he could, he's got a little bit about him. And I walked out and I went, no chance. <laughs> Not interested whatsoever, Dan. Seriously. What was that? What was that? I just, I, 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 I was happy enough playing the Gilly football, yeah. little bits of soccer, and just enjoying myself with my friends in Belfast. You know, yeah. I didn't, I, I, I never realized sort of the, the enormity of it, Dan, until, believe it or not, Talking about having a few beers. My mum and dad always were on a Saturday night, Dan, you know, so it was an excuse. 16, 17, but we the lads have a couple of beers up in the mountain. So the usual crack. Mum and dad out, me, six, seven cans of heart or whatever, back in before they get into bed. <laughs> and this is the gospel truth, Dan. I walked in this Saturday night about half 11. We usually get back at about 12. And I walked in at half 11 this Saturday night. My mum and dad are sitting in the living room. And I went, ooh. And that was the... Oh, I'm in the shit, I'm in the shit, yeah. Yeah, like panic when I sat in here. So my dad looked at me and went, where have you been then? I says, oh, I was out up the mountain where all the boys just had, had a couple, two cans. He went, all right. 
He went down. There's to be two men here tonight looking at you. And I went, oh my God, Belfast, that's that dude. If somebody comes to your door looking at you, <laughs> the history of Belfast, man, you know. And I went, oh, right. And, and he went, it was uh, the manager and the chief scout of the distillery. And they're really interested in you saying it. My mum was sitting on the settee down and my dad was there. And I went, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not... I'm not really interested, you know, I'd rather just mess around and play with the lads and, you know, do whatever. He just looked at me and went, I think you should say, <laughs> you know, could you do that a drink of me? And I'm thinking, well, all right, then I'll sign. So I, I think, believe it or not, Dan, a week later, I went up and trained with him at Sain. And within, what was I? I was probably just about, just 16 and a half. I was playing on the first team again. I was quite slight in them days, you know, I was playing on the first team for, against Linfield and Glen Tor in the Ice League. And that's a hard league, Dan. You know, you can ask anybody. There was a lot of, it's a very physical league. Yeah. So I held my own there. Well, I held my own to a certain extent. And then all of a sudden, there was every time I would come home on a Saturday night, all my friends by the paper in Belfast, oh, so and so were interested in you, so and so were interested in you. And then eventually, there was a lot of clubs interested. It was, this is probably about after a year in the first team, Dan, you know? Yeah. And to be fair, all the pros there for me, the older pros were both sides, Catholics and Protestants. A couple of lads have just died. Buster Andrews died. Bernie McMinn died. They were from the Shankill. And I was from the Falls Road. But God, did they look after me, Dan? You know, they were absolutely brilliant to me. Marty Quinn, another one. They were just legendary looking after me as I played along. Anyway, all these clubs stopped getting interested. And then eventually one made it come in after the game. It just, I think we could be that afternoon anyway. But, Somebody, one of the lads had to read a paper because a lot of my friends were Celtic fans from the West Belfast. You're either Celtic or Rangers, you know, one or the other. Yeah. But uh, he had a paper and he went, Tom, and he said, Look, I went, uh, Glasgow Celtic are the latest football club to be interested in Antonio. So I went, Oh my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, what was your reaction then? Like, Jesus. Well, I just looked at it and thinking, it's just true, you know, because as I say, a year, a year ago, I was playing for. A schoolboy team, basically, you know, we're on the mates, and then all of a sudden, I've just went from that to that. Down, this the, the interest lasted for quite a bit, actually. You know, it was quite good, but then it was other clubs, and I went the I went and trailed the Arsenal for two weeks, actually. Oh, really? But this was when I was about seventeen, I think, and and I hated the band. You know, and I didn't hit not not the club or anything like that. I just didn't want to be away from home. Cool. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just the way it's going to be for me from now on. Mm. So I got back from the Arsenal thing and started playing in the first team and then the Celtic issue come up. And apparently, well, it's the fact they were, I was supposed to sign on the Monday afternoon and I broke my leg on the Saturday. Yeah. So it was, an, it was, oh, it was I was laying in the middle of Seaview, Crusaders, they call them Crusaders, are from a club in Belfast and it was midwinter. And it was a hell of a, a hell of a snap, you know, and everybody knew it was broke, you know, but... Seriously, Don, I'll never forget as long as I live. I lay on the pitch. It was freezing cold. They couldn't find the stretcher. 25 minutes, I lay on the pitch. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't pitch. be laughing. I shouldn't be laughing. No, no, you have to laugh. <laughs> you have to laugh. And I just absolutely, I wasn't worried about my leg. I'm thinking, I'm freezing. Can somebody get me a coat? <laughs> just, just a blanket will do for now. Don't worry about the stretcher. Just a little bit of warmth. <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Somebody just put a blanket over me. So anyway, off I went. Hoffman, bank, broke. Uh, I was 12 weeks in plaster. Lucky enough, it was on the tibia and it was a clean breakdown, you know, so it wasn't, there wasn't that many issues. It, 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 would, it would definitely heal, but it would take a little bit of time, you know? Mm -hmm, yeah. So bang, 12 weeks in plaster, one up in a thigh for 
six weeks and then up to my knee for another six weeks and then bang I got it off started training with the still we obviously the lads were looking after me and looking out for me all the time Gets fit again and then Celtic phoned up again and says right we're going to the Celtic under 20s are going to a tournament in Groningen in Holland yeah. we'd like to invite Anton along you know just to see how he is and to see you know how he's coping with his injury and all that and this is gospel Dan I played the first game it was in Groningen have you heard of Groningen and Holland? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've yeah. got a good side now. I was on the pitch 10 minutes, right? And we're playing against, I can't remember the name of the German side, but all of a sudden they went to clear the ball. It's been inside the half. And bang, this big German lad just cracked me right in the same place. Oh, no. My shin pad, bang. I was laying on the ground. I'm going, oh my God, here we go again. So we laying there. They got, they got lucky enough to stretch. It was only a couple of minutes on. <laughs> So they carried me off. I'm sitting on the side of the pitch. Bobby Lennox. I don't know if you've heard of Bobby Lennox. No. Bobby's a legend at Celtic. He played in the in the, the Lisbon Lions team. He was managing us. And he says, Anton, what do you think? I said, Bobby, it's broke again. I know it is. So he says, well, we need to bring you to the hospital. So they brought me to this hospital in Groningen. And I walked in and they took an x-ray. The doctor came out. He handed me a crutch. And he went, I says, is that it? He says, uh, oh, it's not broken. And obviously, I can't speak Dutch, and he was struggling with English, you know. So I went, yeah, I know it's broken. I've done it, I've only done it last year. I know it's the same thing. Oh, no, no, they actually said it's clear. So they gave me one crutch, and I walked around the rest of that tournament for three days on a crutch, you know, and this is gospel. Yeah. And I said to Bobby, Bobby, it's broke. He says, Anton, as soon as we got on the plane, because I was flying straight back to Belfast from there, the rest yeah. of the lads were going to Glasgow. And I phoned a couple of, I phoned my guy, and Somebody came and picked me up at the airport. I was straight to the, the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast and I was in plaster for another 12 weeks, which was unbelievable, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, man, Dan, I go, all oh, right, that's it. Kaput, you know, I'm thinking. Even even all my mates, my mum and dad, everybody was going, oh, well, that's, you know, it's twice. Do you know what I was going to ask you? I was going to ask you, you know, with your, it's a funny one because when I was growing up, where I live, sort of on the south skirts of southeast London, we had a very good catchment area. We played Sunday football, sort of nine of 11 of us play for pro clubs. And it was yes. very intense and very pressurised. But you've got, yes. and very, I don't know if you know Tony Warner, he sort of, as you just said, quite just sort of casually breezed into it. Yeah. At that point, you know, you said you could take it or leave it in the early days. You like football, you like Gaelic football. At that point, I was going to say, was you thinking, fuck this? Oh, Dan, Dan, that's exactly what I thought. I, as soon as I got, as soon as I put that plaster on in the Royal Victoria the second time, it was, it was, they said, well, you'll have it for 10 weeks this time. I'm thinking, 10 weeks? Christ, here we go again. So I've done it anyway, I get through it. And to be fair, the still read were brilliant for me as well. Like as soon as my plaster was off, I was up training with all the lads again and the, the older blokes again, like Marty Quinn, Bert Birdie, Buster, different lads, both as I say, both religions in Belfast. They all looked after me so well, you know, and then touch wood down, I get fit again. As I was fit when I was I get fit, I was about twenty by this time because it took basically near enough two years yeah. to get get over both these injuries, you know? And then to be fair on Celtic, they, uh, I got plaque back then again in Celtic, but Davy Hay, the manager, legend in, in England as well, Davy, at Chelsea, Davy, Davy says, look, this lad's had a lot of issues for his leg and he's, he's been through the mill, so we're going to sign him, we're going to give him a two-year contract anyway. So, bang, I was 20, 1986 I left, on I went to, to, to play for Celtic. Mm. But if you want, I'll just, I, I arrived and I was in digs with this family, you know, and I'm thinking, hold oh on, I'm 20 years of age. And they put me in digs with an old lady and an old gent. They were lovely people, man, you know, but I, I could have done this when I was 15 or 16, but not 20. 
You know what I'm saying? You didn't appreciate. So, they didn't appreciate you coming in at four in the morning and forgetting your co- forgetting your door key. That was that was the <laughs> issue. That was definitely the issue. That was one of the issues. There's a couple of issues. But and as I say, they, they were brilliant to me. But lucky enough, another lad from Belfast signed for Celtic at the same time, Alan McKnight. Don't know if you remember. He's a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. Okay, yeah, played with Portsmouth as well. Big Alan. That's it. Yeah, big yeah. Alan. Uh, he bought a little house and. He said to me one day, he says, look, bro, I know you don't like empty eggs. This was probably November. I'd been there three, four months. I was doing really well in the reserves, but I was itching to get home because I'm thinking, no, oh, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I had to get the bus into training in the mornings and I had to pay most of the money to my digs and I had no money either, Dan, believe it or not, because the wages were, were abysmal, you know? Oops. And that's the way it was in them days. So I went, all right, I'll move in. I went home at Christmas, Dan. A two-year contract. I'm home at Christmas and I'm sitting in the house. All my mates are up. My mad dad, all my family and friends all up. Yeah, great Christmas Eve, great Christmas day. And I was sitting there. I looked at a couple of my mates. I went, I'm not going back, boys. I'm not going back. Well, they, back. They say, come on, mate. Get real with you. It's an opportunity. You know, we're really here, we're really here. And my dad heard me and he went, he, he came over and they were all sitting there. A couple of one of my brother-in-laws. And they look, even go and do one season, you know, just do mm. this year, and then if, if you like here that much, leave your second year. So I'm going, no, I'm not going back. I'd already, when I was flying over down, I'd already made my mind up, and I didn't want to go back, you know? Mm. Because it was, for me, it was no life. I was coming home from training, I didn't know anybody. I was trying to get the bus into training, two buses every morning, then get home and sit in the house on my own, because I wouldn't be home. Well, this isn't life. You know, but as I say, I kept branding it out and doing really well in the reserves. Every time there was a reserve game, I was playing and I done really well. But I didn't seem to be thinking, any, is anybody seeing this or is anything happening here? So, as I say, back to Christmas Day, I was sitting down, every morning I went, look, you have to go back. Even just stayed at the end of the season, and if you don't like it, come back then. At least you had to go. With, with a, a heavy head, I went back, you know, and... As you know, the New Year's Day in Glasgow's uh, New Year's game is massive. Yeah. In Glasgow, isn't it? Celtic and Rangers. Rangers beat Celtic 2 0 on New Year's Day at Ibrox. And I was training with the reserves the next day because the first team were off. And then the day after was a Thursday, I think it was. And Bobby Lemmons came up to me and says, I'm going to training with the first team today. And I'm thinking, oh, sorry. I'm just, obviously, just making up the numbers, do you know? And well, I, I saw this. Yeah. I saw this on, I've obviously done more research. And yeah. I, I saw, you know, Anton Rogan got his chance because, no disrespect to you, someone so was injured, someone so was suspended, yeah. and someone yeah. so was injured. <laughs> I was like, how many left backs did they have? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> As I say, I... Uh... Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And on Thursday morning, Bobby says, I'm going with the first team. So off of that, from the law, I'm training with the first team. After training, the manager come up, baby, and says, I'm going with us tomorrow again. And... You, you could be with us Saturday, and I thought, oh my God, that's good. So I trained with the first team on the Friday morning again. And after training, he named the team. And number three, Anton. And I went, oh my God, is this, is this fucking wind up? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Dad, I'm thinking, I'm playing tomorrow at Parkhead. You know, I'm going. So I phoned home. That night, five of my friends came over on the boat. They got, hard, got some cars. I don't know where the hell I got the cars from because none of them could drive. <laughs> <laughs> but the next thing I walked out that, and I was walking in that, into, the, into the ground that day, Tommy Burns, bless him, who's dead now, another legend, Sally came out of Finn. And I played that day, Dan. All my mates with them over there outside. And when I was walking out, they were all there. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. I'll tell you one thing, Dan. You see, as soon as I stepped onto that pitch, my life changed 100%. You only, because, only because I was there. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I had been sitting in the reserves and nobody for the rest of the, the rest yeah. of that year. But see, see that that day, that day. The, the most defining moment of my lifetime. It was unbelievable. Mate, so many questions. Like For one, you know how good you must have been to come back from that double leg break and still be the level you could play at as a youngster. Yeah. How good you yeah. must have been for Celtic to think, you know what, we're going to give him a contract regardless. And also, yeah. you, know, you said, you know, he was quite casual with it. During your dark times, what what made you go back when you really didn't want to? Was it peer pressure or was it just maybe no, there is no something price, here? That can... Nobody sort of put any price on me. It just said, look, just go back and see how it is. And to be fair, the war 100% right. Because you know probably as well, in life, Dan, you get chances and things and, Sometimes it may, sometimes it takes a little bit longer than other times for, for it to work, and that's yeah. what happened to me there. It's mad. It's, Whereas, like, it's like sliding doors moments sometimes, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is. And and as I say, if I hadn't have played, if I hadn't have been named in the first team that day, you know, God knows what, where I would have been now or whatever. You don't know these things, but but as I say, Dan, see, as soon as I played for the first team that day, my life changed one hundred percent because I was getting listened to training. Uh, anybody says, Anton, do, do, do you need anything? Do you need any furniture? Do you need any, <laughs> you're a little house. Do you need anything? It was unbelievable the way people would just come to you and give you stuff, Dad. Yeah, you know, yeah. only because you were in the first team. Your, and that's your, the level. That's the level of these sort of clubs. Do you know? Oh, mate, I, said, I did say to you off air before we started. You know, and you'll 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 put me right. Here. I said no disrespect to Oxford because they're a great club. And they was actually in the in the late eighties when I was a child. They was in the top division. The, the clubs yeah. you played for, Sunderland, Celtic, Millwall, they're very unique, very intense. I think was the word that you used. Uh, it, it is indeed, and to be fair, the three of them, there was no difference in the three of them. Seriously, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, and the three of them for me, for different levels and different parts of my life, they were just three great clubs. I love them. I, I love Oxford because I'm still here. I've stayed in Oxford, you know, with my wife's from Oxford and met her. 81 or something, 82, when I come down here. But uh, I, I love around here, Dan. You know, it's a great place. But even towards the end, obviously, when I went to Blackpool and stuff, obviously, I only played a couple of games because it's such a bad injury behind my knee. 
Mm. But as you as was said earlier on, these three clubs, you know, people would dream to play for three clubs for such sort of levels of support and the whole intensity of the club. The clubs are fantastic places, you know, the three of them, because not only is it the supporters, it's just the aura around the whole club is brilliant, isn't it? Because mm. they've all got brilliant names in football. And as I say, I'm so lucky to play for the three of them. And, and as I say, Oxford as well. I put Oxford in there as well, Dan, because I think I mentioned the earlier on, Oxford away support uh, probably is unbelievable. Absolutely. The home support was a bit, a bit uh, set down and plucked and whatever. But away fans at Oxford were absolutely brilliant. I would put them up over the other ones as well, their away support. Really much. Some, some fantastic clubs you played for. And eventually, in 1995, you make your way to South Bermondsey. Well, yeah, it would have been South Bermondsey. Millwall Football Club. Yeah. How did that come about, Millwall? Were there other clubs interested? That, who who yeah, sold the dream well, to you? I, uh, at Oxford, I, I ripped my, my, what do you call it, my hamstring, the last sort of, towards the end of my, my, my contract at Oxford. It was a really bad rip. So it took me basically seven, eight months to get that, that back fit again. And I never really get playing the way I wanted to play. And obviously, through reasons, there's other players coming in and out. So I got released. And I was released one day, big Mick Foley, because I played with Mick at Celtic, you know? Course, course. I, I played for Mick at Celtic. He says, well, what, what's wrong? He says, oh, Mick, I've had a nightmare of an injury. And I'm, I haven't been struggling. I reckon I'm going to get myself sort of fit again anyway and see what happens. He says, right, come down. I'll have a look. And then I was there two weeks and he signed me, you know? And I, I love big Mick. He's a great bloke, you know? What a, yeah, what, what's a career? What a career in football he's had? Just finished, or oh, just oh. because he left, left Cardiff, but... Not to say he's finished that. yet, but he took over as meal manager from Bruce Riott, player manager, when I was like 13. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, I love Mick. Mick's, Mick's great lad. You know, he's, he's, he's just football. It's just football, football, football for me. Yeah. We've had a lot of players who played under him and he, they've all said he's just, you know, yeah. he, he don't pull no punches. He tells you how it is. You don't like it. He can he's leave. Straight, walk, yeah. walk away. You know, that's Mick. That's the way he is. There's no, there's no hidden agenda for Mick. You know, as you said, he sees something he'd said, and that's just the way he is. And that's why I like him, you know. Yeah. I'm not mentioning it, but there's a few people I've dealt with in football and coaches who say one thing to you and then all of a sudden do the complete opposite. I don't like that sort of stuff, you know, Dan. If someone's going to tell me something, I want them to tell me straight, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's basically the way it is. It might not be what you want to hear, but if it's the truth, you respect that. Exactly. And yeah. you, you jump to the truth, don't you? If you don't like it, do what you have to do, but you have to take it. Yeah, cool. You know, so you, you, you signed for Millwall, first impressions of the club, the fans, and I think I've tried to look up your debut. Was it a defeat to Charlton? Yeah, it was indeed. It was indeed. Because I played, I played a lot of the, and I, trying to get fit down when I first signed was, it was hard, you know, because you need games, don't you? And I got a few games, I a few games in the reserves, but... My debut was against Charlton, you know, and I don't even still think I was properly fit, you know. And but I played, I played, I loved it, you know. I just got out, just to get out again. I remember it was pissing down the rain. It was like, there's a lovely picture of me in one of the papers. And that's a lovely picture. But I mean, in one of the, I think it was the South London Press. The, the rain's just coming down because it pissed down the whole mass, didn't it? And we had the blue mill, the blue sort of a. I loved that Millwall strip, that that one. The name was it the South London Press on the front? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was it. It was a lovely shade of blue. That one, I think. Yeah, you know? it was nice. It was nice. And, and plus, I've got the I've got the green and white one, which I like as well. I don't know if you probably wouldn't remember the. No, green but and I've, got, I've got a pit. I've got actually. I've got a picture of me in the green and white one, and I'm going to put it on the screen now, not for you, obviously, but for the edited cut. 
There's me, yeah. Love it, mate. Love well, it. Do you want me to go and grab man and put it on? I've still got no, it. I don't, don't. That's, that almost be too much. I think I'll pass out. It'd be fucking brilliant. But, um, yeah, I'll mate. I'll go and stick it on. <laughs> mate, that is... I'll go and stick it on. You're... I'll go and grab it. <laughs> there you are, Dan. It still fits. Oh, dear, dear, dear. It still fits as well. Mate, when I was... They, I'm, not, I'm not doing you a disjustice, but they were baggy back then. The kids were like... Yeah, let's stop it, baby. Oh, mate, look at that. Tell you what, if you, if you ever, not saying you would, ever ever become skinned, they go for about a grand on you, on uh, I've, eBay. You know, I've, I've got a lovely collection of jerseys, Dan, obviously, because uh, even go back, I, I played in four finals in a row in Scotland. Yeah. I played the cup final 88, cup final 89, cup final in 90 when I missed the penalty in the cup final against Aberdeen. Well, the keeper saved it. 91, I played the League Cup final. I ran to Sunderland in 92, I played in the FA Cup final. Brilliant. So I, I've, got a, I've got a lovely selection of shirts, Dan, you know. Mate, I, can't, I, I can't stop looking at that. Yeah, brilliant, isn't it? Oh, still got the, <laughs> has he got the free dog on the back? It's number eight. Oh, it's eight? That's it. I don't know, I think at the end, because the, the old, what do you call them? They kept my, he's saying, right, he's hard out having them and then. No, the last game of the season, they threw them in. I went, I'm just having one anyway. Nice. So I, I mean, nowadays, nowadays, players sort of, oh. they, give them, they give them away every game. But back then, it wasn't like that, was it? A goal you, get home draw, you, you really get home drawn and quartered. Seriously, <laughs> you took something out of the dressing room. Because that kick usually had lasted all season. And that's the way it was in them days. And as yeah. I say, this was the last day of the season, and I just grabbed this one. Fair so I, I, can't, I literally can't stop looking at it. It's unbelievable. Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic bit of a uh, 90s nostalgia, and that's what yeah, it is. the show's it all is about, indeed. mate. It's what the show's all about. That is indeed. Um, right, I've got to focus. What was your um your living situation? I, I always delve into random things like we had Etienne Vivere on the show. I think you came after he left, and he said to me, I, I shopped at Sainsbury's and I lived next to Casey Keller. And I said, We saw the football, and obviously he was great, scored some great goals, but I love all the personal sides. Yeah. If you don't mind sharing that, because I imagine by this point you was probably you was probably married with children, so did you move down yeah. to London? Did you travel it? Who did you stay with? You know, I travelled in every day, believe it or not, Dan, from Oxford. M40, it's not too far, is it? Yeah, if you got a quick, quick run over Westminster Bridge, it's straight up, you know, over mm. Westminster, right that way and up. It's, I could do it in two hours every morning. And I, I, to be fair, I loved it. I loved driving through London every day because I thought it was such a fantastic place. But I, uh, we, I had to go to Bromley because we trained in Bromley then. Course, yeah. basically the whole way up back at the far end again I just said that's easy enough it's not easy it's a bastard of a journey really oh it's a nightmare some days it's a nightmare <laughs> but I was just saying believe it or not I, I have a friend who lived in the Wendover you know on the old and in, in down that neck of the woods John yeah, right. he's, he's from Bel- he was one of my friends from Belfast and on a little poignant note uh, they moved back to Ireland John and Liz was it about six years ago Liz was English the moose is a school teacher, lovely girl. They moved back to Ireland and they had it all settled. And I got a phone call a couple of weeks ago, Dan, to say that Liz had taken a heart attack and died. Mm-hmm. His wife, you know, which because I used to stay, I stayed with him maybe, well, every if, near enough every week, I stayed with him at some stage after yeah. a Tuesday night game. Sorry, me to and John that, going, yeah, me and John going to have a few beers. And then on that Wednesday off, I'd actually stay down with him and then we'd go out. Have a razzle all day on Wednesday as well, which is absolutely brilliant. I used to go another another little pub. The lads and those uh, the, the Prince of Wales. It was an East Street. Yeah, it's just right back in Elkin Road. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was run by a lad called Seamus Darby, I remember. And he, I think he played Gaelic football for Dublin, believe it or not, just before he moved over. Right. And so it was a stroke little sort of Irish pub, but all got all sorts in it. But what a lovely little spot it was. I loved it, you know, absolutely loved it. And as I say, Stanford John once a week, him and Big Allen would go out after the games, another big Millwall fan from down there. And it was absolutely hilarious. And the laugh I had down there, Dan, was brilliant. No, I'm just so sorry about this, you know, and I told John. I, would, I spoke to John today and said, you play by match. He says, oh, Rogue, I would love it if you mentioned her. So, I've just as I say, I've just mentioned well, her. Shout, shout out to John's wife. What was, what was her name? Liz. Liz. Shout out to Liz for Liz. this one, for this show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you. And just another, before we move on, just another little one for now, Walter Smith as well. You know, I've met, obviously, yeah. Walter, was a, Walter was a Rangers manager when I was there. But I was lucky enough to meet him a couple of times without football and one of the nicest people you'd ever meet. And just as I say, regards to his family and friends from me as well, you know. Yes, mate, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, you say you live in a situation, you travelled in, but who was you close to in the squad? Did you, did you find it? I spoke to, um, I think it's Paul Moody, who played for me all, uh, you know, in the 2000s, and he said, I travelled in uh, from, from sort of down by the A3 every day, so I didn't really get involved too much with the, with the culture of the, of the players. How did you cope with that management? Hey. I played, I played with Big Moods as well at Oxford. Some, some striker and a big trainee. He was unbelievable, that boy. When he, when he wanted to play, he could play, but most times he just couldn't be bothered. That's the way he was. He, he knows that himself, and you know, he'd be the first to admit that. No, I had a great, <coughs> excuse me, had a great little social time down there because Ricky Newman arrived from Palace, obviously. He was a bit of a, there was a bit of a little issue there with some people in there. Morris Doyle, you probably remember him. No, well, exactly. Morris, as this one, we're kind of come up to little, the in my notes. James Doyle, James Connor, or was it James O'Connor? Oh, James, them two, two lovely lads, James and, and Morris, Morris Doyle. James yeah. Connor, from I remember when I was like fourteen, James Connor was going to be the next big thing. He was unbelievable. He, was. he just, he just, he just that's, exactly, that's exactly what happened with James, and such a nice lad as well, Dan. Yeah. When, they, when you speak to, to Dan, or sorry, James and Little Doyle. Tell them I said hello to them because they were the ones basically that I run around with. Yeah, I really. You know? Well, I've, I have tracked down Morris Doyle on on Twitter mm. and I've fired into him. I've not heard anything yep. back yet, but all I remember about Morris Doyle was little central midfielder, quite short, That's little, him. little um, yeah. like crew cut. Is it like a little army air? That was him. That was and he scored a fantastic last minute. It was either a winner or an equaliser, like a white berry or something like that, like from yeah. thirty yards. Yeah, he would. He did indeed. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little Doyle, little Doyle's one of these people. He would just run around and kick his old players as well. You know, <laughs> Doyle, Doyle used to kick people in the warm up, Dan. You know, that's just the way he was. Yeah. But he's a lovely lad. Really nice lad. In my notes, I've got James Connor and Morris Doyle. I do that quite a lot. I've got the Russians written down. I'm not sure if you cross paths with him. What ones with that? What do you call? Yuran Big and Kolkov. Oh no, I never played with him. I remember Big Uwe Fuchs. He played Uwe. for me for a bit. He tried Big to track Uwe. that Uwe as well, yeah. Yeah, and what then was he like? there was Reno. I love Reno. Reno just sort of epitomised Millwall, you know? Yeah. If you didn't know, if, if you went on the pitch and you're playing against Millwall and you didn't know Reno before, you'd know him after it. That's just the way he was, wasn't it? <laughs> He's a great lad, Reno. And I've been out with Reno a few times, drinking a little Alec, obviously. Alec Ray. Alec Ray, he's been. Uh, I can't get Rhino on. Apparently, he's too miserable to come on. But I've had Alex, um, and he's coming uh, back that, on as well, Alex. That does not shock me, Rhino. <laughs> that does not shock me, Rhino. I actually know his cousin. I know a couple of members, like you know, people close to him, and they're like, "Look, he, it's not that he don't. He just, it's not happening." That is Rhino all over. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <not> <laughs> 
as what to be fair like that 15 years ago if someone 10 years ago even if someone had asked me to do this I went no chance oh really you know, I would have I would have went oh not a hope in hell you won't get me doing anything like that but it's just been the last five six years I've done a lot at Celtic I've done a couple of Sunderland you know Oxford sometimes they're always that on me to do it and yeah. To be fair, I don't mind doing it now, you know, and I'm actually quite enjoying it, believe it or not. I think a lot of the time, people, some people say it's like therapy. Yeah, that's it is. It's, it's very good. It's, for me, it's it's great, you know, but, <coughs> excuse me, because as I say, I'm telling little things that I'll probably never tell anybody before, you know? Yeah. That's always the plan, mate. That's always the plan. And if you decide afterwards you shouldn't have told me, then they'll, no, just stay, no, with no, me. No. they'll stay with me and I'll leave them out the edit. <laughs> no, 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 man. Everything I say, everything I say is going there. So, unfortunately, above James Connor and Maurice Doyle and the Russians and Uwe Fuchs that I've now uh, scribbled out, I've got ended up relegated. Last day, he was on the bench away at Ipswich. So, Mick McCarthy brings you in. Yeah. <laughs> Probably with, like, come join us, and we're going to get promoted. Wish at Christmas we was top. It was all unbelievable. Of a sudden, mate, the capitulation was unbelievable. I think we used 38 first-team players that year. Dan, in my time in football, I just don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. You know, I don't know if it's ever happened before, but top mm. of Christmas, they didn't get relegated. I, has it ever happened? I don't know. I've never looked into it. But Crazy, mate. It, it wasn't nice. Uh, I remember that day at Ipswich. I was on the bench. I was just getting a bit fitter. and put me on the bench. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is, this ain't, this ain't going to be good today, do you know? Mm. Because it was just the omens were all there, you know. It was, it was awful. It was like we went into that last day, and I think it was, you know, it was. We still would have taken like a mathematical miracle for us to go down, but like it, we, yeah. it just happened. And what was by this point, Jimmy Nickel would have been a manager. And Jimmy's another lad, you know. I, when I played for Celtic, Jimmy played for Rangers. Yeah, you know. So and and then Jimmy turns up and he says, "I have come to want you here. I know you from Celtic. I just want you here anyway." And then I to say that I, I got myself fit. And he brought down all the Scottish lads. I don't know if you remember the. I've the got influx. it. I've <laughs> got it again. Yeah. The Scottish free. There you go. The influx, yeah. Mate, what, what, is, what ones have you got? Mate, this is the season. This is the season which. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Wasn't a fantastic time at the club, you know, productively and, and stats-wise, but it's one that's always fascinated me because you had 38 players used, we went into uh, administration, you had young players, old players, good players, bad players, but we also had the makings of the 2000 side in the youth team that would later go on to big things, Tim Cale, Stephen Rizzo. Yep. Um, 30, I've got it in here, 36 players used in the 96-97 season, which was the season we went into administration. Yeah, it was, that's right. Would, you, mean, would you remember about that? And did you have any dealings with Theo? Or? You know what? The players in them days, when things were like that, we didn't know anything, Dan, basically, yeah. you know, and that's just the way it was. We didn't know. Well, our, my contract was up at the end of the season. And I'm thinking, well, what do you do? Because there's nobody to speak to within the club, you know, because who do you speak to when that happens? Well, mate, we're going, to get on to this la- we're going to get on to this later. Sorry to cut you off. How the fuck you didn't get a new contract playing 30 games and scoring eight goals from left back? I know. No, but there was, there was, we'll we'll delve was, into that. We'll delve into that later. Let's get back to the administration. Yep. As I say, Dan, I, we just, I did not know what was going on. I, I, I left that day and the end of the season and then I never heard from anybody for, well, Thank ever. You. Seriously. <laughs> and that was it. Wait. That's when... That's, that's when Nigel Worthington phoned me, as I say again, of lot I played with. He says, Rogue, what's wrong? He says, Well, Millwall have been in the administration. I don't know if they want me to sign a contract, or I don't know if, if I've still got a future there because I haven't heard from anybody. Pop believe back, it or pop not. Back down the, put back down the training ground with that shirt on. They might never notice. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that, actually. But believe, believe it or not, Dan, that, that, that summer, John and Liz came up to stay in my, my house in Oxford because me and Nicky want to wear our holidays. Okay. And I said to John and Liz, look, we're away for two weeks. Go up to Oxford. Do what you want in the house. So bang, I left him the keys. He phoned me one day when I was away, me and Nicky, and this is gospel. He says, well, you know something? Because Billy Bonds, did he take over then? Yeah, Billy Bonds was there. Yeah, of course, Billy Bonds was there at one point. I mean, it was a, you could have, I said free manager on social media. It could have been, was you involved with Billy Bonds? Although that was later. No, no, but Billy Bonds, this is, He's, John told me when I was away and when I come back, actually, he says, Anton, do you know something? Your phone went one day and because I hadn't got a mobile at the time. Mobiles were just still on the... Just coming in on like 98, wouldn't they? Yeah. They were just growing, you know. And he says, Anton, do you know, Billy Bonds just owned your house and I was speaking to him. <laughs> and I told, I told him, and this is this is what John said. He says, he, he wants to speak to you. <clears throat> I says, when was this? He says, this was last week. I couldn't get hold of you. So I'm thinking, well, if he wants to ring me, ring me back again anyway, but I never heard again. And then, as I say that, I left it a couple of weeks. I'm thinking, nah, maybe I should, this could be the end, you know. This, mm. this is probably the end anyway. I had a good one. I loved it. And then I was sitting in the house one day in the format. It was Major Worthington, an old player as well I played with. I don't know if you know. He was manager. He yeah, left back shift Wednesday, played, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he says, uh, he phoned me up and said, look, Rogue, you're fancy coming to the black group. Uh, I don't, I don't need to have a look at you. You're fit. I says, well, I'm as fit as maybe I'm going to get, you know. Yeah. So he says, I'll send you anyway. So he sent me and then, as I say, I had a nightmare. The first 
to the second game, I'm, I'm running around and something went behind my knee. The cut long story short, the artery was blocked behind my knee and there was no blood getting into my leg. So I had to get a major operation done. That's, that, can be, that can be really serious. It could be deadly. It yeah. could be deadly. But the surgeons who've done the, the operation and stuff, Dan said, look, there's nothing really to worry about because it's only there on behind your knee on your artery. It's not anywhere else. And they went, they've never ever seen this before on anybody. So I got them done. I got the operation done. But basically that was, he said, what was you yeah. done? Getting back to that 96-97 season, okay? We was in the third tier of English football. Yep. Um, you joined us as obviously what will now be a championship side. Loads of yeah. players in and out the door. Very, you know, controversial and, and up in the air time at the club. But so on a personal level, we finished 14th in the table. We scored eight goals yeah. from left back. Some great goals. I posted you know, on social media earlier as well. I think Hitters, penalties. Yeah, I think at one stage someone said that I scored eight in something like 14 games. Yeah, you, know, you scored, is, you scored um, five goals in seven games in October alone. Is that what it was? Is that what it was? I'll take that. I'll take that all day long. But, but I loved it. And as I say, a couple of them were penalties. They know a couple of penalties. Well, I think it was three penalties. And the rest, you know, there's John and Alan still talking about like the little goal against Bury, you know, when I chipped the keeper, you know, they... They were all there that night. He says, oh, that was fantastic, you know. And I went, oh, it's nice just to have a little, little bit of accolade like that, you know. Logan's goal-scoring exploits from left-back were proving invaluable. Against champions elect Berry on October the 16th, he produced another super strike to win the game and take the Lions back up to second. What I've done is, man, I've put them all together, all your goals that are on YouTube, and, and I'll send it to you. I've, I've put them all together so I can oh, send I'll it to you. I'll do that, you know, because I've never seen them. I've never seen yeah. any of my goals. I'll send that to you, man. I've, I've, well, all oh, the goals, there's about eight goals on there. I'll tell you what, there's one goal that's not on there, right? And I'll always remember this because, uh, unfortunately, my friend, I was only 15, 16 at the time. My friend, he's no longer with us, who I was with that day, was my age. And we yeah. were playing terribly. We were playing terribly. And we, you scored an unbelievable goal. Uh, I used to sit in block 16 then opposite the dugouts yeah. and you scored it at the away end where the away fans sit and I've jumped up and I've he sat like that and I've gone get up and he's gone no and bear in mind we're teenagers at this point so there's no like really you teenagers you just go mad he went no, no. because we, we didn't deserve it we didn't deserve that <laughs> like sulking no. I went shut up you fucking idiot get Get Football up. fans are brilliant, Dan, as you know. I love them. They're fantastic. A fantastic race. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. Uh, we are an individual breed, shall we play? So we. No, say. it's brilliant. I love it. Absolutely loved it. But Dan, I've been brilliant because I've never, you know, all, all my life, I've never seen. I scored six for Celtic. I've never seen one of them. I scored a few for Sunderland. I scored a few for Oxford. I've never seen, and this is gospel. I've never seen one of my goals ever. Well, every there's a, there's a guy on YouTube. He's called Millwall Jonesy eighteen eighty five. So shout out to him for putting all your goals on there. But what I've done is I've put them all into one sequence. All the ones I can find. A couple of penalties. A couple of great headers as well. Great headers. Yeah, the ones headers. Stockport at home, and I remember yeah. that as well. I was a teenager. Midweek game, we lost four three. That's right. I remember. And that, I'm yeah. sure that the Stockport players got clapped off the pitch that night. Yeah, the Millwall did. fans. Yeah, they did. You they scored did. two that night. Yeah, I did. I did indeed. Yeah, that was that was a how, how we lost that match is beyond me, Dan. You know, mm. I still think how the hell did we lose that? You know, we were cruising the whole game and we could beat four three. It didn't take the Lions long to produce a response. Anton Rogan, with the aid of a slight deflection, beat Paul Jones. All ends up in this rocket. To Millwall's credit, they didn't give up. 
and when Rogan headed his second of the night, the Lions had a lifeline. But as you say, football's unbelievably, it, it's got a, a knack for throwing up the things that you don't expect. And that's why I love it sometimes, you know. Absolutely. That, that era of Mere War, we said it wasn't, we had the great cup run of, of 94, 95, and then you, you came the year after. And then we sort of got going again in the sort of 2000s. Got promoted. But this era that you played in, it just, I've, I've interviewed so many players, it fascinates me. If you look at some of the different players we had, say experienced new players, yeah. Ray Wilkins, Mark Bright, yeah. Darren Huckabee coming from. Yeah, right. I've got the Scottish free, and I've written down Greg Berry as well, just for the crack. Greg, yeah. Greg, great lad. Greg's another great lad. We had a little we had a little trip to Magaluf at the end of eighty seven, I think it was. The team went to Magaluf. Yeah, we Greg go. was my Greg was my room partner. You know? Was he? <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> I've heard him. we've had Mark Bertram on the show and he's told us some great stories about Ray, similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Birch Birch is another classic, you know, there's some I just say there were some great lads in that dressing room. You know, some great lads. See, when you say the Scottish three, what, what Scottish ones did you mean? There Jason Sinclair, Steve Crawford, Davey Sinclair. And Mark, what do you call him? Little Paul Hartley as well, do you remember? Yeah, Paul Hartley, Steve Crawford, Davey Sinclair. They were the three. Jason Dar, four. Oh, four. Sorry. See, I'm Jason Dar was so bad, about. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor old Jason, they crucified him the way he did. Because he was... Because I sort of kept looking at Scottish football and I knew a few people still involved. And Jason was the next big thing in Scottish football. Mm. But, you know, I think the bright lights of London killed him and Sinky and sort of, because the, I think they were too busy enjoying themselves, you know, which, which does happen sometimes, Dad, you know. Yeah, well, Steve, Stevie Crawford and, and Paul Hartley were quite good players, but we got told, you yeah. know, these players are coming down. Davy Sinclair, I think we're saying ridiculous, like, he, he's an animal, he's this, he's that, and he just went under, didn't he? He just went under. It was just one of them things. I think that they get hyped up a little bit too much sometimes as well, you know, Dan, which does happen in football. And Jimmy, like, Jimmy did all, did, all, did all he could for them, you know, Jimmy bent over backwards for them. Nothing mm. too sinister, you know. Some dressing rooms can get a bit clicky or whatever, but that never seemed to happen for us, you know. Everybody seemed to stick together. Another player I want to speak, ask you about is I've seen him congratulate you in a lot of goals that you scored. Was um, was Darren Huckabee? He was a frightening hey, talent when he came on loan for us oh, for the short time. The pace, the pace he had, you know, was just unbelievable, mate. You know, Dan or Huck, Huck was just. But I don't know if he had the full, if he had, if he had enough push in him. No disrespect to Huck, he was a great player, but if you have that sort of talent, you have to keep pushing, don't you, Dan? And I don't think he did. I think he just sort of. Set up, set on the rest of his morals, and whether he regrets it now or not, you don't know. But maybe he's happy and enjoyed what he did, you know. But if I, if, if you had the talent Hawk had, you'd have a proper goal at it, you know. Because no. he could have, he could have been England. He could have been England category very easily. Oh, unbelievable player, mate! What a player yeah, he was. So you had Jimmy Nichol, and then Jimmy leaves while you're still there, and then John Doc comes in. Is that right? Little Doc come in. Yeah, I did. I've never. I, I'd, I'd never met Doc before, you know, and just we only, we only seen him sporadically at the training and stuff. And it was just everything, just the the, the wheels seemed to just fell off the wagon, Dan, you know, by then. He, no matter what little Doc done, we struggled to win, you know. We always yeah. struggled and it was just, I don't know, maybe a rot that set in, which isn't nice to say at a football club, but with the administration, the uh, manager, it was just as you say, 
there's just so much happened in such a short space of time there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. You know, clubs can last 40, 50 years and that's see stuff like that. We had it at Millwall in two years, basically, didn't we? All that. I know, it's absolutely so, like crazy, crazy time. But did you understand, obviously, the hype around Doc coming back? He was obviously a very old man at that point, but of course he was the only manager yeah. to ever manage us to the top right. five English football. So I think was, the uh, expectation was huge still. His status around now was legendary, but when, you, when you've got people like him coming in, you know, and I think I think he sort of realised himself as well. Dan, times have changed in the dressing rooms, you know. When Dak when was in the dressing room, he had big casts who I played with, big pony. I played yeah. with casts at Celtic, you know. Another great laddie, people like that. And, of course. And it, it, it's... The dressing rooms, even in such a short space of time, can change, you know. And I don't think the doc was a fairy little bugger, you know. He, he liked shouting at people, and, and the players didn't like that in the days, you know. You, you try not to upset players because of the, the, the fall off their, their perch if you shout it too much, not too much at them. Never bothered me if somebody had a go at me because if, if you needed it, you get it. Oops. But some players, some players don't like it. I've come across a lot of players who don't like it and told off, but. It's a fact of life. Sometimes it has to be done, you know. Of course, Especially course. if you're not winning. What was your, um, in the national stats at this time, was you still a Northern Irish international whilst? I, I get back in the Northern Ireland squad then. You know, I get back in. Funny you should mention the Northern Ireland. I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you know this, but my, uh, my first international game for Northern Ireland was in 1987. And I was obviously out from the Falls Road in, in, in Belfast, the Celtic area. I had a play for Celtic. But, the vast majority of Northern Ireland fans down are Rangers fans, the Protestant, you know. And uh, I was in the I was in the Billy Bingham. I was on the bench for my first international. It was against Poland. And well, this hit this this made headline news, you know. I, I stepped out of the dugout and most of the stadium started blowing, booing me, you know. Don't think I'm starting to think this is this is the home this is my supporters and they're booing me coming right. off the pitch. Because I was playing for Celtic and Northern Ireland, and, and I can't. Oh right, yeah, 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 of course. Unbelievable, mate. Well, it made headline news, you know. It was, and I'm starting. I think I really need this. I'm like, ah, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care. So I just done it, and then eventually the scene that wasn't fucking bothering me, uh, and they did leave me alone in the end, you know. Did but that sort was, of? Did that sort of take the edge off it a bit? That you know, representing your country, which is obviously a massive. Not really for me, no, because for me that was just a complete aspect that shouldn't have been there, you know. And, and that's that's the way I looked at it. And I said, well, if they want to do that, they can prove me it's up to them. But I'm here to play football and enjoy it, you know, and probably play the best level I want to play at. And at the national level is that, you know. That's mad. What, 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 what chance you got when your own fans are pushing? I know. <laughs> but I'll tell you a little story. We need this. You love this. I'll keep it nice and short. There's a reporter in Northern Ireland called Malcolm Brody. He's a legendary in, in Belfast. He's, he worked for the Belfast Telegraph. He's an absolute legend. And he was there that night, and he always seemed to. I always got on well with him. Did I get on well with most supporters? I never bothered reporters. If I get slightly off, the slightly off. That's up to them, and then even don't get. I know players. Oh, he he slagged me off, and not speaking to him. I said, "Wait, well, he's on. You know, it's his job. If you're not playing well, you get slagged off, and that is football, Dad. No matter what level you're at, no matter what level you're at. But anyway, Malcolm seen that, and he was he was so uh, he was so sorry for me and so he says that shouldn't have happened and I'm disgusted about like, what happened there. Every year he would talk he would tell me uh, no matter at the end of the season he would bring me and then sometimes I'd go to Belfast and I'd meet him and have a pint at Belfast and just chat football. But every time he would ask me, I'd come, come on, open up. You've never once said that ain't any papers. That ain't any because there were sticking cameras in my face when I was walking out and 
And as I say, all the papers were there. And, and uh, he says, "Why you never so spoke about it?" I says, "Well, for me, it was it was it's, it's football. It happened. I don't want to start digging holes for myself, Dad. You know, I don't want to say, oh, the shooting done.' I says, "It's up to them. If they want to bring me coming on, they bring me coming on. I'm here." One of them things. Football. No matter what you say, it will be perceived and twisted. It won't be the right thing. Exactly. Keep quiet. Exactly. But towards the end, I finished in whatever in 87, 88, and then I come home in about two thousand three. And Malcolm Ford, he was still home. He died about 15 years ago. I thought, come on, tell us, tell me what you really felt that day. You know, and I met him. I went into Belfast. We're sitting in the crowd, bar in Belfast. And Malcolm comes in, we're sitting there, had a pint. He says, Oh, please, don't actually tell me what you really felt that day. So I'm sitting there, I said, Yeah, Malcolm, I'm actually I'm ready to open up now because there wasn't a nice night, you know. And he says, Right, come on then, give us your opinion. I says, Well, the thing that really annoyed me most about that night was. My mum and dad were in the stand, the yes. little scout and the manager who who were there, you know, who sang, who made me sign for the still. Remember the two lads? So the people, the, the people who had stuck by you and you're telling the whole way yeah. through, they should be so, enjoying that moment and they've got... And I said, as I say, none of my mates would go down because that wasn't, we couldn't, they couldn't win. That's just the way it was. But anyway, we're sitting there and I'm like, well, the thing that really annoyed me most, my mum and dad were up in the stand, Arthur was there, Roy Welch was there. He says, go on then, what was it? I says, my mum and dad started the pool. <laughs> <laughs> he looked up me down and went, you're a fucker. <laughs> imagine imagine he, he, he's picturing that in his mind, looking up and seeing oh, yeah, Daddy yeah. Roman. He <laughs> had all that to you and I went, yeah, I'm going to piss me off. My mum and dad started to fucking do it. And he went, you're a bastard. <laughs> and I said, well, I've got nothing to say on it. And that's it. It's, it's done and dusted. History, gone. Long forgot about me. Long yeah, forgot you, about you seem to have a lot of... It's a relaxed approach to it all and you you know as I said you look you look at unbelievable because for me these are weird because I was 14 15 when you played now I'm a man and you're you don't look any different <laughs> oh, no, I'm do like Benjamin time. Button you're going in the opposite direction to me but um <laughs> you, you end up leaving the club obviously me well you spoke about it then you said you did you know you didn't know what the fuck was going on when you we was in yep. administration was you getting paid or whatever and of course as well the last ever game you played for me, Wall, you started at left back. We lost 2 0 to Barry. Yeah. This would be like a parallel universe for a lot of younger fans watching. Barry actually yeah. went up as champions that day. Yeah. Into what would now be the championship and a 2 0 win. So yeah. what happens? You, you go and play, was you getting paid as players or was you getting fucked around for your money? No, I think, I think to be fair on the club, we got our wages, excuse me, for the next couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden it just stopped, and you know, because there was no funds. I think that's the way it was. And, I think that's when everybody sort of started, all the players were going, well, I need to start looking for a new club because I don't know where my future is going to be, you know, and mm-hmm. if the club can't tell you what direction you're going in, you, you have no chance. And as you say, as you know, football, it's all about, I know this may sound selfish, but you need to find a club to get paid. Yeah. And, that, and that's just football, mate, you know, you don't get paid sitting in the house watching telly, you need to be, you need to be out there training and playing. People and think, because you're a footballer, oh, you should do the right thing, but... You've got people don't realize it's your job. You've got a family. You've got bills to pay still. Yeah. Although it might be That's slightly a bit slightly bigger mortgage because you've got a lovely big house. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've got to pay, you still got to pay those bills. You do indeed. You still indeed, and it still comes in and out. And then children are they're yes. not cheap either, you know. And so the day you left me a wall, you just played that game at Berry, and then don't know what's going on. You took your bag and we sort of everybody just sort of it was just. It's just a strange, strange, you know, there was a few of the lads were all sitting up in the back. We're all just sitting looking at each other going, this is, you know, thinking, what's next? And I said, right, lads, I'll see you. When? And no, everybody sort of shook each other's hands and walked out. 
So who was, who was the manager at this at this point? Was it John Doxton? That, that was Doc. That was Doc. Yeah. And so who would have, who would it have been? Who would have been accountable for? Like I know you probably didn't have one then. A player liaison officer. Like that was Reynolds because having Reynolds of history anyway, didn't the Reynolds played from before as well, didn't they? Yeah. So, but there was no. As I said about John, John, I think John was old school dad, you know, and he didn't. I don't know if he. I think he'd rather just get on the pitch and sort the football out instead of worrying about what's happening off it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know. Yeah. So, but who looked after the stuff off it? That's that's an issue because nobody seemed to know. Which is strange. Maybe they, maybe they just thought it's such a mess. We'll just see if players sort themselves out and see who comes back after the summer. That could have happened, Dan. So you know that definitely could have happened. And then once we get sorted, we'll see who we've got left, and that's that's maybe it. But then as I say, I got the call from Nigel, and I went, "Well, I can't wait around. You know, I need to go and I'm off." So I was away, you know, and that was it. Then after the party, obviously at Blackpool, you hung your boots up. Yeah. Yeah, another great club, you know. But was, uh, Blackpool is, is one of these places, yeah, they're, yeah, they're love or hate, you know. I don't know if you've been there, but Blackpool <laughs> is just, it's mad as when you get all the Glaswegians coming. And to be fair, when I went out in Glasgow, so or sorry, when I went out in, in Blackpool, some nights it was it's probably like out in Glasgow because that's where they all go for their holidays. It's only two hours, two hours down the road. and all you, see, all you see, all you see, believe it or not, Dan, in uh, in Blackpool is Celtic and Rangers shirts. It that just proves how cold it must be in, in in Glasgow if they go to Blackpool for the summer holiday. Exactly, two hundred men down the road. And to be fair, I've played in some cold places. I went from Belfast, which was Baltic, to Glasgow, which was horrendous, to the northeast, Sunderland. Jesus Christ, I've never seen wind blowing like it does in Sunderland, mate, because. The the old Rooker Park was right on the sea, basically. Yeah, yeah. And Christ, could that win we were up there? I mean, then I came down to the side and then I ended up back up at Blackpool. So I just have basically just done a complete circle of, of Britain, mate, which was you, brilliant. You used to turn up with like with a beach towel and sunglasses on to me uh, every day, didn't you? Horrendous, mate. It was, it was awful, mate. It was, as I say, Sunderland, out of all, it was probably the coldest place I've ever been. Oh, because really? it was right on the North Sea and the wind. Oh, I can still feel that running through me now, you know? Just yeah. another little story about Sunderland, you'll know. I uh, there's a I was in a hotel when I first signed for Sunderland. They put me in a hotel, so I bang on my own. My, my ex girlfriend was in Glasgow, so I was on my own in this hotel. Don Goodman saying, No, Don, so yeah, I'm a striker, yeah, wolf striker. Yeah, Don was in this, me and Don were in the hotel together. And then a week later, John Byrne saying, Who played for Millwall? Do you remember John? I've, I've inboxed John Byrne and said it didn't really work out for you at Millwall. No, but would you like to come on the show? <laughs> I've not heard he back. Said that. It didn't really work out. I don't know. I said, well, that's, that happens sometimes. But funny, anyway, enough, funny enough, John Byrne, he follows me on Twitter. Yeah. And that's why I thought, I'll ask him. I said, look, I know it didn't really work out, but we like to do all sides of... You know, it's not what John, John would do it for you, man. He, he's a cracking lad. You know, him and Don are two, probably two of my best mates at football. I still speak to them regularly, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Sunderland, there was, I, was in, I was in the hotel, and the three of us were in the hotel. The drinking we used to do, Dom, was just horrendous, you know, seriously. If uh, if we won on the Saturday, Dennis Smith, bless him, the manager, would go, right, lads, I'll see you on Wednesday. Dom would look at me, and I'd look at Don, he'd say, you going to Glasgow this week? And I'd say, well, I don't know. I says, Don, saying from West Brom, I say, are you going down to Birmingham? We go, oh, I don't really know. Next thing we knew, well, we'll just stay, tell our missus we've got to training on Monday and Tuesday. Dan. We like what? <laughs> 
God, unbelievable. We would start drinking after the game on a Saturday. We'd probably finish on Wednesday afternoon. Absolutely brilliant, mate. Jeez, but in them days, you were fit. You could do them things, couldn't you? You could get away with it. Right, do you know what? Modern, you day, what modern day footballers annoy me because they all want to do the Instagram photos and eat fucking couscous. Yeah. I just get you, know, you, you, know, you make the most of what you got here. Get enjoy yourself. Our hotel was in Durham. We used to go in and drink with all the footballers. Do you know what was brilliant? It'd be a crap to come up and see you. And obviously, then, yeah, you're, you're not far along. You know, you get, these players get to hunt these days. But back to this story. Um, I mean, there's a little shop across the road from us. I've still got it now. I'm not getting that out as well. I've got a green duffel coat, right? Like a Paddington duffel coat. I bought it in this little shop in Durham. You know, paid a couple of, probably in the MBS, 200 quid, which is a lot of money for a coat. So I walked into training with it on one day and I got absolutely ripped to shreds, right? By everybody in the dressing room. I said, nah, you have no taste. Look at the state of all your gear. It's rocked. At least, at least I've got a little bit of class. You know, I don't chest nothing. So, cut a long story short, man. Off we go out training. We're training on Roker Park that day. And had our little training session. Dennis Smith says, right, lads, I want all you in the centre circle to have a look at me. So, we're all sitting there. I walk up the centre circle. We're sitting there. And Dennis looks at me. He says, hey, by the way, Rogues, he calls me Rogue. He says, ah, what's the story with that coat? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's really funny. So, obviously, the manager's in on it now as well. He <laughs> says, he says, what's the story with that coat? He says, what, what's wrong with he says, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. Look up there. I looked up, Dan. I had it flying on the flagpole and it was a Absolutely. You laugh now. Did you laugh at the time? It just because you too I did. Feet. I just laughed. I just laughed. I thought, no, no, touche. You know, take it for its due, man. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> always end. Always end with um, a few, well, a few questions. <laughs> always end with, first off, you know, best meal memory. The best. Millwall memory. Mine was that goal against Bury. I loved it. I loved it. You I still st- haven't seen it. I still you haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. I still I told you I haven't seen any of my goals. But it's, I want to see it's it. sublime, mate. Is that, yeah. if, if your sons have got Instagram, yeah. they've probably got Instagram. Tell them to follow me on there because I uploaded it earlier, but I will send it right. to you anyway. Dude, um, and also, if you've got like a, a standout like non, non-match non memory, like something you could tell us from the dressing room or something that uh, might shock us or excite us or a story of well, like being out with it, just even like yeah, dressing John, room or being out or something, we might not know. Well, John and Alan, you know, as I say, this is back to these two again. When I used to go out drinking with them on the old Cape Road after it, Tuesday nights, because we always played on a Tuesday, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. And if he said, you've got Wednesday off, I'd say, right, I'm not going to go, I'll stay down. So we'd just go from, and they sort of knew every pub around that area. You know, when I, this is gospel, I found myself one night, it was after a couple of remember who we were playing, but I, I had, the, I had the Wednesday off and I was staying down. And we're walking around all these different bars and Easy and John were just banging on these doors, right? And these bars. And the next thing the window would open the ball and there'd be the landlord and they'd go, come on, get out for a drink. And he'd look, it was them two. go, yeah, 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 come on in, lads. And this is gospel. One night we sat in this bar and I swear to God, we had probably had dinner right to two o'clock. The three of us sat there drinking until about seven in the morning, right? Went over to John's. Liz, bless her, made us some breakfast, sitting there. We're looking at, he kept looking at his watch. He says, oh, we'll go and see if she missed will open in the Prince of Wales. We were sitting in the Prince of Wales, that was seriously at 10 o'clock. We hadn't been to bed. <laughs> sitting in the Prince of Wales and we sat there from 10 o'clock that morning, about 11 that night. Oh, and my God. And that was just, and there was people coming in and people, people knew me. There was a couple of Millwall lads coming in and said, Jesus Christ, you're doing well sitting here drinking like that all day. 
this is absolutely brilliant, mate. I love it. <laughs> I love it down there, mate. Had a ball, an absolute ball. That's superb, mate. If you could have a reunion tomorrow with three of your ex Mill teammates, go over a drink, do whatever you want. You can only pick three of your ex Mill teammates. Which three are you taking with you? Do you know, I would pick Big Marks, obviously, because I, I was with him at Blackpool. Little Doyley and James Conner. James Conner. I wonder if I could track him down. I'll tell you what I love. And do you know another one? Scotty Fitzgerald. Do you remember Scott Fitzgerald? He's still at me a wall. Is Scotty still there? He's, he's, he's to do with the um, the youth setup. Oh, would you see, if you see Scotty down, tell him I said hello. I will do, mate. I love Scotty's another great lad, you know. But as I say, we got all we all got on well together. It was it was great crack, you know. Even big Damien Weber, people like that. Big he's enough. He's another one I'm trying to find. Damien Weber, Lee McRobert. What about Big Tom Witter? Have you found him? I've got yeah. I've I fired into him with someone I think is his phone number, but I've not had anything back yet. But I'll keep trying, mate. We're on fifty-two shows, and it was back in the day when we used to do these. It was like three or four condensed into one show. <laughs> So yes, yes, the ex-players, and I'll keep going until I get sort of two. Well done, man. That's brilliant. I, I love it. Fair play, son. Yeah, great what you're doing. I, mate, I, I love I love this more than the in-game stuff. I seem to get a lot more love for this than yeah. obviously yeah. saying get rid of our fucking manager right now. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, like you get okay. more love for all this stuff. I love it, and I, what I'll do is I'll put this video together for you, and I'll put all your clips in, all your photos in. That will be fantastic, son. That yeah. will be absolutely brilliant, Dan. I would love that. As I say, just. To see the actual goals would be absolutely brilliant for me. Yeah, well, I'll do as soon, as, soon, as, soon as we're done, I'll send some of the goals to you, but I'll I'll, I'll send you plenty over the next couple of weeks, mate. And I really, Dan, really anytime, appreciate you having you on. Been brilliant. If you uh, if you if you want, ring me a couple of over, Dan. Give me a pause anytime you want some. Thank you, Anton. Cheers, it's mate. Pleasure, Keep in touch. Cheers, mate. Cheers, son. Bye, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.